everyone. Hi, I'm Kelly. And welcome to The Millennial Minimalist. Today we're going to discuss digital minimalism, which is a lifestyle and philosophy of technology that inspires us to be intentional with how we use our digital tools so that we can use these innovations to our advantage. Digital minimalism is about cultivating a life where we are in control of our engagement with our devices. It's a lifestyle that works to solve today's digital addiction, which is one of the most devastating epidemics of the 21st century. Our conversation is inspired by fellow millennial and computer science professional Cal Newport and his latest book, Digital Minimalism, which will inspire you to step back, identify your goals, and begin decluttering and transforming your digital technologies so that they add value to your everyday. So excited for this topic. Yeah, this has been a hard one to to do, so. Honestly, I would say it's been one of the most challenging uh, parts of, you know, developing or following this lifestyle however uh also the most rewarding the changes are crazy yeah it is well mine's so fresh turns out i'm not a natural digital minimalist no (laughs) okay see this is to work towards yeah no that's great and you learn that in this journey that this is another component that we can declutter and step back and realize hey all of these digital devices in my life are they controlling me or am I controlling them? We yeah. have to ask ourselves and that. And just how much time we're putting into our phones without realizing it. For just from researching it and reading the book and doing the notes on this podcast, I've realized how much time I spend on my phone. So Yes. Like, honestly, hopefully we inspire you by the end of this episode is to make these small changes that will help you gain that time back. And also, I've, I've read basically our souls back, which is scary to think about. Yeah, it's sad where we're going with this. And just to begin with this episode, I I want to look at the actual problem, like how we got here. And I think that technology is so new to our lives and it's incredible. It has changed the way we live and in so many positive ways. But I also think it's affecting us negatively. Oh, absolutely. And that we're not, a lot of people just are not aware of it. And now that books are coming out like digital minimalism and people are starting to become aware of the effects that technology are, are having on us, um, that w- we're wanting to make changes. So Yeah, and the author of Digital Minimalism, Cal Newport, uh, something to note is that he has never had a social media account. Yeah, which is incredible. That being said, he doesn't reject the concept of using these tools if they add value to our lives. So Instead of seeing these digital tools, you know, our iPhone and our computers, et cetera, as as negative and having a negative impact on our lives, actually, it's about how we use these tools. If we use these tools with great intention, we can use them to our advantage. Yeah, of course. And you have to, the big part of the book, which I loved, is that you kind of have to step away from technology. And then when you go back to it, you have to be decisive and intentional about about what technology you want to use and what adds value to your life, as opposed to just being on Facebook, being on Instagram, being on Twitter, constantly messaging and emailing and watching Netflix. You have to decide what you like and and what is going to bring well, happiness One of the things it. is a lot of people, they'll start decluttering their social media accounts and saying, hey, I'm only going to be active these times. Well, a really good thing to do is actually completely reject it for a certain amount of hours and see if you actually need to be on it as much as you do, right? Oh, it's crazy. Well, so. I, the other day I was at work and I, I've been trying to shut off my phone. So I shut it off and I still had, it was still within reach and I kept grabbing it to check it, but it was off. So just that in and of itself shows your addiction. Up. 
showed me to how many times I checked my phone. Would you say they're addicted? I, I'm not, a, I wouldn't say I was addicted, but I definitely use it a lot more than I need to. And it's a, it's a bad habit. I don't think it's an addiction, but I think it's a bad habit mm-hmm. that I want to get control over now and not in like five years. Mm-hmm. Because I, having read this book and done the research, I cannot believe the hours people put into their phone and how useless it is. So mm-hmm. I'm now that I understand that, I want to get rid of that bad habit. Right. What about right. you? Do you think you're addicted? Um, I would admit, yes, I am. And I would say, I would argue that the majority of our peers and our family and friends are as well. Uh, I think sure. you're actually pretty good with your phone. Like you're not on it all the time and I don't hear from you immediately. However, I think a lot of us, we feel the pressure to not, not only live reactively, but to have to be on our phones all the time because of work or other requirements in their lives, right? So uh, that they can't get out of, right? So it's, it's, it's a challenge, but you know what? And this, this author, Cal Newport, and this is what kind of opened my eyes the biggest is he says that, you know, going deeper, uh, your, he says that your digital life is just as important as your physical health. Because a poor digital life can impact your cognitive function. So he calls it a cognitive epidemic, which is crazy. It's crazy. Have you noticed over the last few years that your ability to focus has diminished? Absolutely. I feel I will be having conversations with people and I have to force myself to pay attention. Like my mind will just, I'll start thinking about something else or something I have to do. And I have to literally bring myself back into the conversation and start paying attention to what they're saying. And then I'm like, I wonder if this is because I'm so distracted and changing my focus constantly. Also, when you're working, Lauren, and and, I mean, you work in real estate and you're working and you get a notification and it sends you to look at your phone and you start reacting and you realize, hey, you know, or, or you turn your phone off. And I did this, remember the other day, I did this, I was writing and I turned my phone off for two to three hours. And in that time... I was thinking, oh, I'm going to grab it. And I thought, no, you can't grab it. And you know, Did you put it away cool. or was it still near you? It was near me, but I didn't get up and touch it. But I remember at the same time, you were worried about me. <laughs> yeah, because you immediately respond. So when you don't, I'm like, something happened to Kelly. <laughs> but isn't that crazy? Just that little, like, it's like, oh, I, I want to grab it. And, yes. Or I want to check it. Like, that is the habit. That's the bad habit. Yeah. Um, one thing. So I found it a very real and educational explanation of what our phones are doing to our lives. He wrote a lot about, like, the benefits of technology without being a slave to it. And I loved how he kind of entwined the philosophical aspect at the end. Um, I found it motivating. Because for if I was like, hey, Kelly, don't check your phone too much. not good for you. People spend too much time on their phone. That's not motivating enough for me to stop checking my phone. Absolutely. Where if he's like, it is going to affect your attention span. It takes two to three hours of your life away from you every day. It's diminishing your quality of life. That is motivating me to shut my phone off. Yeah, he actually uses a super powerful example. He says, he describes how a digital addiction is basically the cognitive equivalent of the addiction to junk food. And what he says is, you know, for example, an elite athlete eating junk food is just as destructive as a business professional indulging in social media. 
Because both actions move them away from their goals. Yeah, that's... I didn't... I love that. I never haven't gone to yeah. that part. Yeah. Um, okay, my favorite part... I actually may have found that in a podcast where he was being interviewed by someone, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Like, that's such a good way to think of it. Yeah. Um, my favorite part of the book is he talks about quality leisure time. Yes! And I love that. That was because I love my leisure. I love learning new skills and reading, and I am very for quality leisure. And he said that if you challenge your mind outside of work, because I think that there's this misconception that it's like, I've worked hard all day. I want to come home and just watch Netflix so I don't have to think and I can rest my mind. Yes. But he uses Arnold Bennett uh, that he cites in the book, and he said that your mind just needs rest when you're sleeping. And otherwise, it likes the challenge. And if you're not working, then you should be learning new skills, like playing a musical instrument, reading difficult literature. Like, you should be challenging your mind. Or reading or something. Or doing something, yeah. And your mind likes it. It likes a change. It likes a challenge. It doesn't need rest outside of work. It needs change. Well, you can also, no, it also needs rest. Like, you also need to meditate and just relax and lay down. But the problem he pointed out was that a lot of us, we, we see leisure plans as an opportunity to, we, we think it's an opportunity to just disconnect. But what we actually end up doing is laying on our couches, laying on our beds, and scrolling through all of our apps or swiping. Uh, and, you know, so we're on our phones, and we're, he calls it mindless uh, decompression sessions. It, and it is, and it's, it's low quality leisure. And I, the, another thing is I don't think that we're even acknowledging it as leisure at all because we're doing it at work. We're doing it during the times when we actually should be doing other things, which is interesting. No, that's really well said. No, it's true. I mean, we end up surfing the web and we think, oh yeah, we're relaxing and you know, we're, we're really relaxing, but at the same, we're not, we're not, we are, we are filling our minds with all this information. That's why they say, don't look at your phone before you go to bed and look at Instagram right before you go to bed, because all of those images, as much as you don't think that you're soaking it in, your subconscious is. So yeah, I found that fascinating. So he says, you know, you should store this, you should make leisure plans in your weeks. So every time we fill out our bullet journal journal each week or wherever you wherever you put your your weekly plans whether that's like online or in an analog form make some times each week to disconnect and call them disconnected like leisure plans but make it so that you're actually doing something that will help you relax right Rather, just move yourself away from your digital technology at those times. Which is so well said. I wanted to ask you how you've done it. So after you read the book, like, how have you implemented this into your life? Yeah, so how I've improved since adopting a minimalist lifestyle, I mean, I've, I've been putting my phone away in social situations. And a friend of mine said to me recently, hey, you know, I, I noticed that you haven't had your phone with you all night. And I thought to myself, you know what, that actually wasn't on purpose. And since that episode, I've thought more about it and I will keep my phone in my bag whenever I'm in a social situation. People will have their phones out. And uh, this past Saturday, I took out my phone briefly uh, to show an image and add someone to Instagram, but then I put it right away. So, I mean, so that that's, you know, I'm being smart about when I'm using it. Uh, and it felt great. I mean, again, your phone feels like your body part and it's, it's so nice to just like take it away for a little bit, knowing that it's just around the corner, but that you don't need to touch or react. It's great. So that's one of the things. It's sad that 
you, if someone's not on their phone all the time, that it's noticeable. It's like, oh, that person hasn't had their phone out all night. I'm going to go ask why. Like, that's so funny. Yes, it's true because it's like, oh, that's weird. Like, everybody's connected. Why are you disconnected? That's weird. Yeah, it's like, how are we going to talk to Kelly if she doesn't have her phone? Exactly. I'm going to have to go over there and actually talk to her. Yeah, and and Cal loves to stress, you know, if if a bunch of friends are all having dinner together but they're on their phone – they're actually not together. Yeah. And it, it's it's true. And we've all heard this before. So that being said, uh, I know everybody knows phone stack. When you go for dinner, people say, hey, let's do a phone stack. Uh, oh, I like that. So that's a good idea. Another thing is put your phone away regardless if other people have their phone on the table at dinner. Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, everybody has their phone. Okay, then I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it gives me a reason to do it. So then don't do that. Try not to do that. Turn your notifications off. I did that this week. I renovated my phone again, uh, and it's just, it's wonderful. So we had a former episode, uh, episode 17, The Minimalist Smartphone, uh, where we kind of identified uh, or gave you some tips on how to declutter your phone and keep it that way, and honestly, one of my favorite episodes still. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, I turned notifications off. I, I decided to only keep applications available on Wi-Fi, except for a couple that are very important to me. So email and WhatsApp, because I use those for work. And so I use cell data for those, but everything else I can only use when on Wi-Fi. So I'm not reacting to things that, you know, like, oh, someone messaged you on Facebook, someone messaged you on LinkedIn, you know, all those things. I found that I shut off my notifications which I did like five years ago mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I I went on the apps a lot like I would go on messenger I would go on whatsapp just to see if someone messaged me because I had shut them off so it kind uh... of it it didn't really fix the problem until I started actually shutting my phone off or putting my phone away because then I was constantly like feeling the need to check it because it wouldn't have notified me if someone did. Oh, interesting. you got to be careful so, how you approach it. Well, I still get message notifications, so I get the message in the WhatsApp, uh, but they don't actually go onto my lock screen, oh, okay. which is nice. So, so there's a way around that. But yeah, good point. Uh, and then, so time on my computer. Sometimes, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, sometimes I get a little bit dizzy. We're looking at, a lot of us these days, we're on... We're at work and we're in front of our computers for eight hours straight and sometimes I get dizzy and I have writer's block or I just don't feel productive. So, and we've said this before, get up and go for a walk and just, just go, just, just get be away present. From everything, yeah. Go to the bathroom and just be in there for five minutes and come back. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Like just, just be present and, you know, clear your mind. I always, I always say that the more we clear the mind, our mind, the more answers we get. So, uh, and the closer we get to, you know, where we need to be in order to be focused. So, uh, and then, uh, successfully, I should add that I have reduced my screen time on my phone this week. Yeah, because <laughs> really tells you how much you've been on it. <laughs> yes, yes. So, yeah, anyway, so to add to that, so decluttering, I like to say that decluttering our, our digital devices is just like decluttering our closet flooring. Uh, we should declutter our digital tools, uh, you know, to clear the noise. Like, just like clothes, we ask ourselves, does it add a function and does it spark joy, right? Like, do yeah. these apps on my phone add value to me every day? And not just add value, but do they advance my life? Because if they don't advance my life, what's the purpose of having them? I was thinking to myself, like, we didn't have these phones, these smartphones, oh, 10 years ago, Lauren. It's crazy. How do we function? Well, we can function without them. I know. I was trying to think of my life back because I got a phone in high school. 
it was a flip phone and I had minutes put on it and I would just use it to like call my parents but it, it was crazy like we our lives were so different back then mm-hmm. um I, my dad does not have a cell phone I know I think that's a beautiful it's cr- thing and it, it's just crazy to think like he functions perfectly fine and my dad is so present like I feel like if you have a conversation with him he's so engaged in it and he's very happy and he's very productive and um he watched a lot of television though so yeah I I mean we're all imperfect Uh (laughs) but it's interesting just seeing how um like there are some people out there who function without phones um so why do you want to become more like a like live more like a digital minimalist I think from having done this so what what I've been trying to do at first I tried setting alarms for when to check my phone it didn't work though I found it too I still wanted to grab the phone Mm -hmm. so when you said you shut it off that was like a game changer for me because just putting that small barrier in there from having to turn it on and wait for it to turn on wasn't enough for me to care to go on it. So I'm really, I want to get down to checking it three times a day and then just turning it off. What I've been doing, if I need to get an Uber, I'll turn the phone on, get the Uber. When I've gotten there, I shut it back off. If I want to listen to a podcast, turn the phone on listen to the podcast, turn it back off. So I use it for those specific So functions. the reason why you want to do this is because you want to be more present. And because I, I've realized that having a phone does um, ignite a little bit of anxiety in me. It's like you're always on call. It's like, like I'll wake up and I'll check my phone and then be like, I'm not going to turn it on again until noon. And I feel free for those hours. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can go to the gym, I can read, I can get my work done. And I'm like, I'm not on call. I can't explain it. It's just like you're you're free to do as you want. And then, but with a phone, you're just always, I don't know. And I've also realized that I, a phone in some way makes me feel like I'm accessible if there's an emergency. Yes. So, because when I shut it off, I'm like, what if something happens? And yes. then it's like I, I have this thing with me all the time that's just gonna go off if there's an emergency like that. The thing is, it makes like, me nervous. It's it's so true. That's the one piece. Also, if plans change, you think, oh, well, maybe it's good that I should keep my phone. On. You know, you have an appointment for six. Yeah. People now that we have phones, it's actually okay for people to cancel last minute because they have access to us. But back in the day. They had to be stronger with their word because you can't reach the person. Which I like that. And I've heard people say that. And, you know, I mean, okay, even if for those small times the plans did change, what's the worst case scenario if you showed up a little bit early? Mm -hmm. Or what's the worst case scenario if you went and they canceled last minute, which they shouldn't have, but... You get stood up? That's not fun. (laughs) (laughs) Or just, or if you had to go home, like, what you would still get back from your life. I'm just thinking it's funny, though, because... If people are like, oh, you don't own anything, and now you didn't, you showed up at the restaurant because you didn't check your phone. Like, you're weird. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, that's, that's, it that's, is that's, weird. And that's why people think, oh, we need to be on these devices 24 7 because plans change. And, you know, there's a lot of things that happen within a couple hours, right? And so, you know, you feel like you, that's why you have this anxiety. You feel like you should be on top of all those things. But that is one of the reasons why. I want to become a digital minimalist. Two reasons. I want to be more present. Yeah. And I've already realized I've become more present. Uh, even this weekend, I was told that I was more present. And oh, it's because good. my phone was away for most of the weekend. And that, for me, 
is like saying saying you are and like your um, attention was on them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you valued my time, so it was for yeah. you to say, "Hey, you made me feel like you valued my time." Like I want to make every person I'm around. I want to make them feel like I'm attentive and I'm I'm there. I'm fully present and I value their time. And you make them feel special, which is yeah, nice. yeah. And you know what? You also feel happier. I felt so much happier this weekend because I felt detached from all that noise. And again, so the moral of this is the core of why I want to become a digital minimalist is because of I want to feel more present, but also I would actually say even more so because I want to rebuild my level of focus that I used to have. So so Cal Newport, he says that these technologies fragment our focus. And that's exactly how I feel. And to the point where you might not be able to get it back. Like you can do, go so far that you, it's like past the point of return. So that's why this is so important right now for our generation. That people are aware of this or else we're going to get to a point where you can't turn it around. Yeah, like in university, I used to put my head down for maybe five, six hours straight in the library, get my work done and write essays. And, you know, I I, I continually keep saying, had I had these devices during my university days, I don't know how I would have gotten through it because I wouldn't have had the same level of focus. And, And now by, you know, taking on these tips and strategies, I'm learning that the biggest reward of digital minimalism is that you can gain that back. You can gain that, that deep focus back. And as, as Cal says, produce more deep work. Uh, yeah. It's a beautiful I love thing. That. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. So again, we live in a very reactive world. That's why we want to step away from these tools because we're reacting. And even Courtney Carver said in our, our episode with her a couple episodes ago that she'll have you know, her email on her all the time and she'll look at her emails, but she won't actually respond to these emails till she gets to her laptop. So think about that 30 second waste of time for looking at these things. She's not even, she's not even going to respond to till later. Yeah. And it's like, you know, these messages from friends, oh, you know, like, what are we going to do this time? You know, this, sorry, we're going to get together later in the week. What's our plan? I'm in the middle of work. I mean, I will get back to you, but there's, there's this, this world that we've created where we need to respond immediately. I know. Or people take you know, get take it personally, but I think if your friends really understand and maybe sometimes maybe we should communicate to this to the our relationships in our life that hey, you know, if I take a little bit longer to respond, it's not because I don't want to respond to you, it's just I wanna keep focused. I, I wanna be, you know, I don't wanna fragment my focus, right? So Yeah, no, for um what are your goals? Like where what is your idea? Like, where do you want to get to? Because I was thinking, I'm like, how many times a day do I want to check my phone? And how, like, what do I want to put the time into? Like, decide what you want to use in terms of technology. So how many, like, if you could decide how many times a day you check your phone? Mm-hmm, hmm You know, it, it varies. I mean, there are close people in my life that I do talk to throughout the day. And, you know, maybe I should limit the amount of times that I do so, so that I can keep in focus modes. But I find myself uh, communicating to these individuals that, hey, hey, back to focusing, and I'll speak to you in a few hours. And I think that is completely understandable. I think that's very reasonable. Yeah, that's fair. And I feel like the more we do this, the more people, it's like, 
I'll text you back in the morning at lunch or in the evening, but not in between. And if you set a time with me and you you can't 30 minutes before be like, hey, I'm going to be late or I can't come. Yes. Because you know that I'm not going to have my phone with me. Yeah. And you've actually, I would say that you're the one friend in my life where I know that if you don't respond immediately, it's not because you don't want to. It's just because you are very good with your phone and you're focused. Oh, thank you. I don't even feel like I'm good with it. So yeah, yeah. No, because I mean, you're better than you. You're better than I am with it. So and I, I, I love that. Again, you're closer to, you know, uh, mastering this lifestyle than I am. But it's cool that to know that you haven't perfected it either and that it is a really big challenge. So Cal says that digital minimalists, he describes them, uh, he says they are calm, they're less obsessed with the urge to document everyday moments, which I appreciate. We don't need to take hundreds and hundreds of pictures, we just need to soak in the moment sometimes. Uh, they're more productive at work, which is huge for me. That's, that's another reason, big reason why I love this lifestyle. And they're well-respected by their friends. Uh, they free themselves from this constant emotional pulling form of technology. And I love that. And I want to get there. Uh, and the biggest part is you get time back for the things that you really care about. Because he says that the, the biggest problem with this is it's sucking our screen. Screen time is sucking our time. But more so, it's sucking our soul. Yeah, which is so sad. I'm just so happy that we're we're starting to become aware of this because like it's so sad. And you know, to be completely honest, having done this, it's made me realize like I I didn't go on Instagram for a week, and then when I went back on it, I was like, this is dumb. Like I don't care what someone <laughs> had for breakfast, and I don't care that someone's on vacation. Like this is actually not worth my time. Yeah, he actually says Instagram stories are like a reality show of your friends. So yeah. why are we wasting time? It's a, and I, like the more I've, I've done this, it's the more I've become aware of it. I'm like I could have just spent the last twenty minutes reading, or have gone for a walk, or have like anything, scrub my shower, done something more effective or productive for my life. And I think that's the point we're missing. And then another thing I find really interesting. So say I I wanted to make a, a phone call. I don't know if you do this with your phone. So I'll check my messages, you check your Instagram, check your email, and all of a sudden, for something, you, you want to go on your phone to do one thing, and someone messaged you, and now you're in a conversation with them, and it's been 20 minutes, and you still haven't done what you went on your phone to do. It's like when you have 20 windows up on your computer, same thing. It's just, like, I, and then I'm like, oh my god, like, I, half an hour ago, I went on to make a phone call, and I haven't called the person yet, and, and, and the thing is, you do that four or five times a day and that's three hours yes. and that's what we're not understanding like it, we're not comprehending how much time we're just wasting and like at the end of the day it is your life like you have to recognize that and you don't want to look back and be like oh my after 10 years and see that you spent thousands of hours aimlessly scrolling through Instagram about what your friends ate for lunch like make sure that you're like creating your life and not just like passing it by so well said there was a friend of mine who says I don't understand. It, the screen time app is telling me that I was on social media for four hours. I don't understand. And then they don't realize. She didn't. She doesn't realize. And, and and then literally, she said to me later, she's like, "It makes sense. I get it. I actually am in between all the other stuff that I'm doing, and I'm not realizing how much I'm reacting to these apps." 
And again, social media, digital tools, they're not a bad thing. They can actually advance our lives. And the funny enough, Cal Newport, he is a computer scientist. He loves to advance technologies. He's a tech engineer. However, he says we need to be smart about how we use these tools. We should only use them to our advantage. If they're not amplifying areas of our lives, if there aren't, if there are apps on your phone that don't add value to you every day, get rid of them. It's just unnecessary clutter that's in your way and in your face every single day. So there are good and bad ways to engage with it. And we're not saying throw out your phone and never watch TV again. I think the point is is to, instead of having Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, decide which one you like the most and then decide how much time you want to spend on that a week and, and stick to it. And it, it's fine if you like Netflix, but decide which show you want to watch. Don't watch six in a row. Watch one and um, make sure you're scheduling that time and even schedule things for before and after so that you're not tempted to stay on it like you can be like okay I'm gonna spend 10 minutes on Instagram and then I'm gonna go meet a friend or I'm gonna do something else because if you don't have that thing after why not why would you not sit there for half an hour exactly be more disciplined with your time which I know you're really good at another thing that I did and I I think I mentioned to, to you last week that I pulled out my airpods my apple airpods for a day. Just a day. Yes. I was thinking about this yesterday. Just walking to work, went on the subway, my daily commute, and I didn't have them on. And I'm usually listening to an audiobook, listening to a podcast. Mental fitness is very important to me. But I also recognize that sometimes my mind drifts while I'm listening to these things because I'm usually multitasking which really is uh, micro-tasking, so you're not actually absorbing all the information at the same time. So I realized that when I listen to these things, I need to be in a space where I'm fully attentive. So that being said, I took them out. First thing that came to mind is, wow, the world is really loud. <laughs> well, Toronto is, big cities are. <laughs> the world is really loud, but the world is also really, really beautiful. It's so, if you were back, like if I was back in my hometown, I'd be like, wow, the world is really quiet. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, but just the beautiful noises of the city. I mean, there are or ugly noises as well. However, it was just, wow. I mean, I was fully present. I didn't need to be doing other things and I could just be holding my coffee, sipping my coffee and going to work and just, you know, looking around, seeing people, seeing, you know, the things around me. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. Like you're, you're, you're actually there. So I did the same yesterday. Oh, you walking did? Walking to okay. work. She inspired me to do it. And um, these are the things, same thing. Like I, I felt like for the first time, I was like, wow, like the sun's out today. It's so nice to see the sun. So it's winter in Toronto right now. And had I been listening to something, I probably would have just been focused on what I was listening to. Uh, I stopped to get a coffee on the way to work as well. And usually I'm flustered. If I'm in line, I'm like trying to shut off what I'm listening to so that I can or make an order. And I didn't have, I just walked in. I'm like, hi, can I get a small black coffee? And then I got it and left as opposed to like being like irritated or flustered in that moment. And, um, and then on my commute to work, I, I, I took 20 minutes and listened to my podcast. I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to a podcast right now. And then I shut it off and put my phone away. So Oh, and, that, and, and even just talking to the barista or the person at it's the, nice. the coffee shop, it was nice, right? Yeah, and I noticed it. Like, I felt like I walked into the coffee shop, and I looked around, and I saw, I was like, oh, that's nice. Like, 
there's some people having coffee over there and um I noticed like two of the people were joking around in the back of the coffee shop I'm like oh they must be friends the people who work here like Aww. you just n- n- pick up little things whereas if I was like my mom was somewhere else always. it's also super dis- disrespectful when you have you know your yeah. headphones in your in your ears while you're ordering I feel like it, it's that small 10 seconds we can take to be present with another individual and you, you're giving them more respect. Yeah, I always try to shut off my... Like, I, I feel bad if I'm on a conversation and you're buying a coffee. Like, I feel like it's rude to the person. So rude. It's so rude. And you honestly, you will feel so much better because there's something about... it's. It also brings you a sense of connection. And again, I, I love to stress that that is life's purpose. It's all about connection. Connecting with other people and feeling seen and, and you know relationship building is so important but just that interaction that small interaction in the morning going to a coffee shop and saying good morning and how are you sometimes you'll see people's eyes light up because it's like wow you're the first person that's asked me that today so yeah yeah so just those little things like can go a really really long way so moving the conversation over a little bit I I something else that Cal Newport mentioned is a lot of the time we think okay so I'm feeling stressed for my digital tools Oh, then we have so much anxiety, especially all these emails that I have. So then they take their lunch hour and they go to yoga class. They go and meditate and they do all these things. However, that's a beautiful thing. They, they disconnect for that hour. However, the problem is they then go back to that life and then they start stressing and feeling that anxiety again. So he calls it, uh, these are decluttering strategies. However, they don't solve the root of the problem. So think about our closets and Marie Kondo's uh, t- like Netflix series on tidying yeah, up. That's so. That's such a good way to look at it. So she, th- you're tidying up your closet. However, that doesn't mean your closet's going to look tidy in a year from now. Because are you changing those lifestyle habits? Are you changing those habits that got you there? Right. So think about this with your digital declutter. Yeah, you're going away and you're doing yoga class. You might feel great for that first half half an hour getting back into work, but then you're going to feel that stress again. So we need to change those habits so that we can feel that same 30 minutes we feel after a yoga class all the time. Yeah, it's like digital organization is what they're trying to do. Like Marie Kondo, it's like, hey, you have way too much stuff, but that's cool. We'll just organize it. Yes. And with the digital, it's like, oh, you're super distracted by your phone, but that's okay. Just be really distracted in the morning and in the afternoon. Exactly. But but be present during your yoga class. It's like you're not really getting the big picture. Yeah. You don't need all this stuff. You don't need to be on your phone all the time. Yeah. So, you know, like all those, those, so there's all these escape switch I've always wanted to do, uh, regardless, yeah. there's digital detox camps where you go, especially in Thailand, there's so many cool That's ones. That's so funny we have that these days. <laughs> it's so awesome. You go there for a week and you're disconnected and you're eating healthy food and you're doing yoga and meditation. And I see the value in that because it makes you uh, cut the noise and realize, hey, what do I need in my life to make me happy? And what do I need to eliminate? So that helps with the habit changes. It will help inspire you to make those changes. So I see the value in that uh, because that's really, really taking it further. I think that will help you solve the root of the problem. But it's, you know, these these classes where you think, oh yeah, these are, these are a form of escape for me, but that doesn't mean that that's going to help you solve the problem. Your devices are still going to be 
look the same. So we need to change things. We need to declutter and then we need to change some of our habits. And I think it these are so positive things. Like what like organizing your stuff is still positive. Going an hour to work out and not having fun with you is still positive. And I I think the most important thing is it's like with Marie Kondo, these people are realizing how much stuff they actually have. When you have to pull out all your clothes and throw it on your bed, it's like, wow, I own so much stuff. And when you, I think, join the workout class for an hour and coming back and being like, it was so nice not, you know, being away from all of this distractions for an hour. This is what's going to make people want to change and reap these benefits on a large scale. Absolutely. So it's, it's a good starting point. But like you said, it's unless you get down to that underlying reason, mm-hmm. um, it, you're never really going to get to where you need to be to, yeah. to have those benefits. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's going to be like a yo-yo diet. You're just going to go back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, so, that's so true. Oh, and then just to close, one of the coolest, honestly, one of the most brilliant articles I've ever read in my entire life. It's by American author and blogger Andrew Sullivan. It's referenced by Cal Newport in the book. And the article's titled, I Used to Be a Human Being. Uh, and it's, it was published in New York Magazine, September 16, 2016. And the byline is, How an endless bombardment of news and gossip and images has rendered us manic information addicts. It broke me, and it might break you too. Uh, so he was, he's a blogger, uh, incredible writer, and he talks about how his addiction to these tools not only, um, sacrificed his happiness, but also his health. And, and I, I also read tons of reviews on the article, which by the way, I will include in the show notes. It is a good 45 minutes via audio, uh, as well. So there's a way that you can read it or there's an audio version And I listened to it twice because his words are just so brilliant and it just opens your eyes. And one of the points he mentioned is uh, Wi-Fi is now everywhere. And, you know, we once had these spaces such as the airplane and the elevators and where we couldn't have Wi-Fi and our subway systems. But now they're being taken. Yes. But you know what's crazy? If someone's in a parking lot garage for five minutes and they don't have Wi-Fi, they're like, oh, my God. Yes. I don't have a, a connection right now for five minutes to get my vehicle. It's it's crazy. And now it's like we need to put Wi-Fi down in a parking garage. Like, I that's insanity. That. I used to like being on – I love the idea. Of, I mean, not all aircrafts have this, but one day they will. And it's it was a place to de- disconnect. And that's why I know you and, you and I, we love going to the movies because it makes us sit there for two hours our phones are off so we can be fully present. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. And he jokes uh, in this article, Andrew Sullivan, well, not jokes, but he says that the only safe place is like our shower. <laughs> I'm sure they'll come up with some like waterproof cover. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm it. sure. I'm sure. But yeah, that's why he jokes about it. But someone had uh, so the, the Distraction Podcast by Dr. Ned Hallowell. He reviewed this this beautiful piece of writing and which by the way will literally light the fire under you to change. Uh, It's brilliant. He says it blasts the social warning as urgent as the environmental warning of climate change. The latter could cost us our planet, the former also our souls. 
So. Wow, that's really beautifully yeah. said, especially because our last podcast was on zero waste. Exactly, exactly. Like, sums up. It, honestly, minimalism applies to everything. So he's basically, to sum it up, basically lighting us up to remind us that our devices may be sucking the life out of us. So we need to be more aware of it. Yeah, I feel like I'm so inspired to shut my phone off for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, don't do that. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, we can still use these tools. We can use them all the time. Just use them to benefit and further your everyday and yeah, just like amplify your life, right? I mean, our phones are like our a body part or a companion these days. And the goal of, of digital minimalism is to use our phone as a phone. So how we originally used phones to communicate. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyways. And, and to end this, I think that technology can enhance your life or it can distract you. Yeah, exactly. And that you need to make that decision and you, like, let – enjoy technology. That's the whole point of it. Like, be able to grab an Uber or, like, message your friend to meet up or to FaceTime your family if they're on the other side of the world. Like – there's so much beauty in technology and how much it's brought into our lives and mm-hmm. the efficiency it's brought into us. But don't let it take away from your life. Like, make sure that you, like, make these boundaries towards technology because it's more and more necessary. Yeah, I mean, you will regain your focus. You'll be more present. And we should recognize that we, we live in the attention con- economy. So it's influenced by attention engineers, you know, the designers of these tools. But... The good thing is that we can control how we use them. So let's use these tools so that they add value to our lives and that we're in control of them because right now they're in control of us. A hundred percent they are. It's just like artificial intelligence is like they are going to be controlling us fully if we yeah, <laughs> if we if continue we on this. <laughs> it's so sad, but it's crazy. It's it's just like similar to the anti-consumerism music or uh, movement or anti-fashion movement we can support an anti-digital addiction movement so we can start rejecting digital temptations by you know thinking smart and you know acting in accordance with you know our our goals and our values so yeah yeah that's good I told my boss yesterday I was doing this and um I'm like yeah I'm trying to check my phone last and he's like oh that's so good I'm like yeah I'm gonna shut it off like and only check it three times a day he's like what he's like no (laughs) you have to be on it all the time you have to be accessible so So, anyways we're we're gonna have to do a follow-up on this episode and see how much further we are maybe in a month or two from now and see how these changes we've made are really adding value to our lives and I'm I'm really excited to get there Really excited to get there. So don't worry, we won't get rid of podcasting as part of our. No, exactly. No, no, exactly. (laughs) It's a form of connecting with you guys. So uh, yeah, and if anybody has a story uh, to share with us, please do send us an email. Uh, You can find our email via our Instagram account or uh, just send us a DM there. So yeah, and we would love to hear the benefits you've reaped or the struggles or what has worked for you. Like I said, Kelly. I was trying just not to check it, and she's like, I shut it off. So these little tidbits really help people. Yeah, and then we can help others. So, yeah, and then if you would like to rate and review us, that would be really, really kind as well. Uh, You can uh, rate us on and review us, send us a line. Even just a short sentence uh, of how we've helped you or how how you're enjoying the podcast, and uh, you can do that through iTunes. So. 
Yeah, and if you want any specific subjects or if you have questions, we would love to answer them. Okay, perfect. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next week. We'll, we'll talk you, to you next week. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.